Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Yeah, the King of Kings. And soon and very soon we'll see our King. Amen. I'm really grateful to be here with you this morning, able to bring the word to you. Glad to be back from Honduras. Amen. Uh, yeah, that's uh, awesome and it's a beautiful praise. We had a wonderful time, a very fruitful time in Honduras. And um, before I move on, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much to all of you who prayed while we were gone, me and Jen and engaged for the souls that we would come into contact with that don't know the Lord Jesus. And there were plenty of those and a lot who made professions along the week and even one on our team, one of the eighth graders that came with us. He um, accepted the Lord Jesus Christ for the first time in his heart and all of heaven rejoiced. Amen. So it's good. And like I say, very fruitful and um, a beautiful time and very grateful that we were able to actually go. This trip is typically annual, but this one in particular has been two years in the making because of COVID of course, and um, again, just really grateful that we were able to go this year because of that. Um, before we get into the Word this morning, I wanted to just share a report. There's been a lot of people asking, you know, how'd it go, you know, um, what kind of things did we do, and how did the trip come about, so I'm just going to spend some time and share that with you this morning with some pictures that I have. Um, before we get to the pictures, how the trip come, how it came about, how it came about, let me put my wits it away, how it come about, that wouldn't be proper, would it? <laughs> um, but how the trip came about is Youth for Christ is um, an organization that runs all over the country and really all over the world. It's an international thing. You ever heard of Youth for Christ? Yeah? So Youth for Christ runs a chapters of what's called Campus Life, and then in the Greensboro chapter, we have um, three schools right here locally that are right here in our community that um, some of our staff, some of our, our volunteers support every now and then. There's a couple of us that commit to going every week. So our representative goes to Northeast and Northern Middle and Greensboro Academy every week in a typical year without COVID. So what it looks like is on Thursday mornings, about 7, 7.30, there's about 150, 200 kids that show up at Northern Middle School, and we're able to play games and share the gospel and just be there before school hours. And... Um, and have fun and brush up against a lot of middle school students who do not know the Lord. So that's what we do at Northern. And then the same thing at Greensboro Academy on Fridays about the same time, just a smaller group. And um, YFC, or Youth for Christ, has, like I said, an international chapter. And from all of these kids that come together around our county, they offer an international missions trip every year with Youth for Christ International. And that's where we ended up going is Youth for Christ International owns a camp in Honduras. So that's where we went. Our mission was to support this camp, a local church, and a school that was right there at the camp. Um, so here's just some pictures. This is Gage to your left, right? Yeah, okay, making sure it's the same. <laughs> Gage to your left, me and Jen on the right, that's when we got there. And then day one, this is the church that we went to. And just something really beautiful about this is um, I told them Wednesday, I am North Carolina all the way. Spanish has never really worked out for me. Um, you know, Duolingo, you know, you know, I went through that and I did really well until I got to the tenses. And it's like, there's no right options for me when I get to that point. But um, listening to some, you know, popular worship songs on, uh, on YouTube and iMusic and for about six weeks, I got two songs down and we did the thing. So we were able to lead half of the worship uh, in, at church. And it's just a beautiful thing to experience if you never have, just being in one room in two cultures, and two languages, but one body. And you can just feel the heart of all people coming together to worship God under one, one audience. So one of the ladies here 
if you look at the bottom right picture, she's a teacher at Northern Middle, and she's awesome. She's from Honduras, and um, she's here teaching at Northern Middle Science, and just beside of her, she translated a lot for us, just beside of her, her name is Sarah Rackers, and she is a high school leader in campus life, and she was bold and brave, and she gave her testimony in front of this church um, as it was being translated, and that's, that's pretty difficult, especially for those of us who talk quickly. So day two, just to share a little bit about what we did around the camp. This is work. Um, this is post hole diggers, which I, I rubbed a few holes in my hands over the course of the week. We built some new decks. And would you believe, and I'm sure you would, but um, that steel beams right now are cheaper than wood. Isn't that crazy? So we did it out of steel. Um, and that was a little interesting, but we got it done, and it was good. So that was day two. We were working around the camp. There's these huge concrete stairs that lead up to a cross that some of the ladies painted. Um, and then there you can see they have this big um, fellowship hall where you would eat and gather, and then we painted that room for them. This is day three. We also ran a sports camp about every day, and that's how we would draw people in. And because of COVID, they had to jump through all kinds of hoops for this. On a typical year, they'd have about 60 kids come in two shifts for four days. And now they can only do 15 at a time. And each child that came had to go through the school that was in the town, which is very small. Um, and they had to go through the health administration with forms and parent signatures to be able to just come to the camp at all. So we played volleyball with them, baseball by way of cream ball. And if you don't know what that is, you take a wiffle ball, fill it up with shaving cream, and go for it. And it was very fun. And um, so we did some volleyball games with them, of course, soccer. and. Um, then we brought him into the building and um, shared the gospel. And a man named Marshall Johnson, some of y'all might know him, he shared the gospel using Moses lifting up the serpent in the wilderness. And just as we had to look to the serpent to save ourselves from the snake, we had to look to Jesus, amen, for salvation. And it was very productive there. This is the school, some of the pictures of the school we painted um, there. So we painted a lot there. This is day four, my favorite day. We did street evangelism this day. We walked down the road, and you'll see a picture here in just of a minute of us doing like a prayer walk around this community and praying for a medical facility in another place, and then we got down there um, to the town. And the other team that I was not on held these signs along the road, and the Lord and a translator helped me to be believable in my presentation of the gospel, which was simply, hola, uh, I can't remember the rest of it. It was the Holy Spirit. So, but Jesus te ama. That was, that's Jesus loves you. So they're holding signs there, and then we're on the other side of the road. We have tracks, and my favorite takeaway from this that every one of us can, can receive something from and take it away from here and really be productive about is the simplicity of evangelism, that we can make it complicated, and we can go to a place where I don't know everything that I need to know about Scripture. I don't know how to answer all of their questions, but just as the man born blind stood before a council of people who knew a whole lot of stuff, all he could say is, all I can tell you is I was blind and now I see. Amen? If you remember how you came to Christ, I do, and it took me back to that. And all it took was a simple invitation to church. And then I ended up in youth group, and I ended up responding to the gospel, and my life was forever changed. I didn't need all the answers. I just knew that he was real, and he was tugging on my heart, yeah? So this reminded me of the simplicity of evangelism. Even with the communication breakdown, it's as simple as handing them something and telling them that Jesus loves them in a way that they can understand. And I took that away from there. Um, this is the road, the bottom left, that we were walking down doing that prayer walk, and that's just some more pictures from that. And then we got to meet the mayor. They were very excited to have us there and very receptive, and they had a couple news cameras when we were downtown. Um, 
and then they let us into their municipal building, and actually a funny story with that, I know I'm gonna hurry, but me rubbing those holes in my hands with the post hole diggers, everywhere that you go, there's a guard with two things, an AK-47 and a bottle of sanitizer, <laughs> like Clorox spray. <laughs> so I get to the door, and I show him my hands like, you know, okay, I'm, I've got to spray my hands like everybody else, and I've got these fresh holes in the middle of my hands, and he was like, that hurt. And then he just sprayed my hands, <laughs> you know, and it sure did. It stung. It was, it was hilarious to me, though. He didn't care. So we got to meet the mayor. We got to pray over the city, pray for the mayor, pray for his campaign that's coming up. And that's what happened that day. And then we went back to the camp and continued to work. The church that we served in on Sunday came to the camp. And we got to do a fellowship with them that night. This is day five. This is one of the pictures of us taking the kids inside during the camp and sharing the gospel. These are kids um, stretched along the room. And they're holding signs talking about God's faithfulness over time. Um, and really just getting them up to the story of Moses going through Abraham and then on to Moses. This is the school. This is um, some of their cleaning and drinking water to the bottom right. And then that's Gage up there painting to your um, left. And then, again, that's just another uh, soccer camp. And then we got to worship um, together every night. But then we had a youth group come on the last day from one of the workers at the camp. He runs a youth group. He brought his youth group over, and we worshiped together. And that was beautiful. We got to do it outside under a covering. And that's one of the things that they put out on their Facebook. So, like I say, I just wanted to quickly share those things with you, let you know what was going on with the trip while we were gone, and um, just praising the Lord that we were able to do it, that we had the opportunity, and asking that the seeds that were planted will just continue to, to grow and then eventually to bear fruit, even those that didn't accept Christ, that there's something about the memory of this week, of the people um, that God put in the right place at the right time, in his providence to hear the gospel and to see something out of the ordinary that would make them think about him. So before we get into the word, let's pray, can we? All right, so Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your goodness. God, thank you that everybody that went down and came back tested negative for COVID and there were no issues in that regard. And God, I just thank you for your grace, for your mercy. For what I'm reminded this morning, I'm reminded of the trip, Lord, of how your gracious arms and your mercy Cover those who would come and submit to you, Lord. Thank you so much for your blood, Lord Jesus, that covers a multitude of sins. That though our sins were as scarlet, you make us white, white as snow, Lord. God, I pray that as we leave this place, we'll be encouraged in your presence, ready to share the gospel. And by any means that you have gifted us and let us be in you, just as you've created us to be, and effective for your kingdom and for your glory. God, as we gather together as your children around your word, Lord, would you just make it clear to us? Would you speak to our hearts and have us leave here in obedience to you and doers of your word and not hearers only, Lord? In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 11, and that's where I want to start, and I'm going to bounce around a little bit. And Hebrews chapter 11, and then I'll go to 12, and then we'll back up to 10, and, and hopefully by the end of the day, it'll all come together and make some kind of sense. So Hebrews chapter 11. So while you get there, this was our theme verse. Every night, our team during the trip would um, come together for an hour or two in the Word and in worship, and we use this little book as a guide, and our theme of the trip was faith, taking Jesus at his word, and the theme verse for the week was 11.1, Hebrews 11.1. So the reason that I'm using that is because I've spent quite a good amount of time just around there, because you know, 
how it is. Context is king, so you give me a theme verse, and I want to know what's around it, and I want to dig around in the Word and figure out what, what led up to this to cause him to say what faith is in Hebrews chapter 11, 1, and what happens after that. So what about it? What are the, what are the implications of what he's saying? And um, what is God saying in the bigger picture in this section of Scripture, in this section of Hebrews? So in the King James, it says, Now faith, and most of us know this, could probably quote it. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And in the NLT, it says, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. The evidence of things that we cannot see. So as I'm reading around this and trying to pick up the context, just it was very powerful and very good for me. The writer of Hebrews gives a great example of his own right here after 11.1. If you go down just a couple verses, it's going to say, it's by faith that we understand, it's by faith that we believe that God created everything that we see in existence, that he created everything that we experience, and that there's nothing above him, right? That's the the takeaway from the next couple of verses is this great example. And what are the things that we can hope for, right? What are the things that we can hope for? The power to overcome sin. When we apply this to our lives today and the things that it makes me think of, what is it that I'm looking for the reality? What is the hope that I can get from the Word of God? The power to overcome sin, trials, to get through those things. And actually, Mary Alice shared Wednesday that we take Count it all joy, just as the book of James says, when we go through. Temptation. That when the enemy comes in like a flood, God raises up a standard. And that when we resist the enemy, he will flee from us. These are promises. These are things that we have directly written in Scripture that we can hope to understand that God will give us. He'll give us the power to live a Christian life that is victorious. That is an abundant life without depression and ugliness We have the promise that we are temporary residents, that this is not our home, that we are passing through, that we're ambassadors of the cross. Amen? These are some of the promises that we have from Scripture. And then to apply those things here, faith makes us understand that those things are reality. Right? The reality that we cannot say 2 plus 2 is 4 in the same way that we can say that I believe that God created all that we exist, but by faith I understand that. And we're going to find out, of course, in Hebrews chapter 11 that we're not alone in that, and we're not the first Christians in the first time spot to ever believe things that we cannot absolutely 100% prove. We might be able to take things that are there and make our theory hold weight, but it's by faith that we believe God. Amen? It's the evidence of things that we cannot see. So, reading around um, Hebrews chapter 11, of course you make it through 11, go back to 10, go to 12, but I want to take you really quick to 12, 12. Go to Hebrews 12, 12. This is where, along the course of the trip, I spent a lot of time. I spent a lot of time in this verse and just um, mulling on it, letting it marinate, I like to say, you know, and putting it to prayer and then putting this in the light of Hebrews 10, 11, and 12, or, or about half of 10. And listen to what it says. Wherefore, lift up the hands that hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but, rather, but let it rather be healed. Now in the NLT, I'm going to read it again. So take a new grip. This is 12. Take a new grip. Take a new grip with your tired hands. Strengthen your weak knees. 
Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. I'm going to read it one more time. Take a new grip. A new grip with your tired hands. Strengthen your weak knees and mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. And with that, it causes me to question and I hope it causes you to question today in a positive and encouraging kind of way. Where is your spirit? Where is your spirit man today? There is nothing wrong with admitting some sort of a weak spot, a weakness. Where am I at in my spirit? Could I find the potential in myself, which all of us likely can, to need to strengthen hands that are spiritually tired and to strengthen weak knees and with those hands to take a new grip, to take a new grip and to strengthen knees and we have to be careful, and a lot of us may be able to identify with this, depending on what's going on right now in life. Are we covered up? Are we not living a victorious life? Are we living a victorious life in Christ with power over sin and able to go and ask God to use us in every fiber of our being and every moment of our day? And maybe we do always have this awareness of God's presence and we're walking well. And if that's you, I ask for you to begin to pray for those in the building that are not that way, you know, that need strengthened hands, strengthened knees, and a new grip. Amen? Yes? So to look at this, I want to be careful because it made me think, okay, is this self-effort? Do I need to stand up on my own, and do I need to take a new grip with my own hands, and take it into my hands, and do this, and try to live the spiritual life in some sort of an independent, spiritual giant kind of a way? right? To be one of God's generals and do these things as best that I can. Is that the idea that the scripture is given here? And we're going to find as we go through 10 and 11, I don't believe that to be the case. But what it does remind me of is John chapter 3. If you remember, Nicodemus is having a conversation with Jesus in John chapter 3. Y'all remember this? Of course you do. John chapter 3. This is where John 3.16 happens. And it's in the middle of this conversation with Nicodemus. And if you remember, Nicodemus is confused and saying, how can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? And here, Jesus gives us this picture that we are not born in a physical means, but we are born in the spirit. And as a spiritual being who has been saved, who has been born again, amen? Are you there? We've been saved, we've been born again. And as spiritual people, we have to live a spiritual life. And going back to the physical, to get our sustenance, I was thinking about this. You know, do I give myself sustenance? Can I close my eyes and think about it hard enough and will myself to have enough vitamin C or D or protein or all those other things that you need to sustain yourself, right? Can I close my eyes and just think about it hard enough and just will myself to have everything that I need vitamin-wise to sustain myself. We know that water causes our brain to function properly and we have enough water. It causes all of our organs to maintain um, exactly where they're supposed to be and to be healthy. We need water. We need sustenance. We need food. And it goes back to the words of Christ that we shall not live then as spiritual beings by bread alone. How do I take those things in though? I have to get up from wherever I am, take my hunger and take my thirst to a table and I have to sit down, and I have to ingest these vitamins by food. Amen? And I'm going somewhere, if you don't already see it. 
I have to find a bottle of water and I have to put those things in. That's where my responsibility lies. It's not just some sort of, in some sort of a way to manifest everything that my body needs to sustain, but it is to have the know-how to get to the table and to eat. And I believe spiritually this is the same way, that if we need to take a new grip, if our knees are weak and tired in the spirit and we find ourselves unable to resist temptation, if we find ourselves unable to take it all joy when we're going through trial and circumstance and tribulation and anything that needs perseverance, if we're finding ourselves struggling in those moments, if we find ourselves collectively as a church struggling to keep our voice in a country that's going in the wrong direction, then if those are the things, then what we have to do is to make ourselves healthy. And again, we don't grab those, that health from ourselves, but we must return to our source of strength, to our source of being. And that is the Word of God. Are we in the Word on a daily basis? That's the question. Are we in His presence?